This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, a lot of things going on. We have wants and, and needs and expectations and all of that. What we need is you. Lord, you came into our world. Now we're asking you to come into our hearts afresh and bring us joy. Pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. Familiar with that phrase like asking for a friend? Okay. So Pastor Ben wants to know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you ever had a gift that's just a little bit bigger than any of the boxes that you have at home? You end up putting the the flaps over the top and it kind of teepees up and it just, you got to tape it to hold it together. Or, Or what about the opposite? You've got a gift, it's smaller, it's breakable, and all the boxes that you have at home are way too big for it. So you have to stuff it with tissue paper and bubble wrap and things like that so that it survives the obligatory shake that's going to happen to that gift. Or Pastor Ben wants to know, have you ever had a gift? And you're going to put it in a gift bag, but the gift bag that you have is really big and it just like drowns your gift? Or what about if you've got a, a gift that you're putting it in the gift bag and it's a really tight fit. You think you're going to be able to make it with it. You're kind of pushing it down gently and then the side of the gift bag blows out. Mm-hmm. Pastor Ben just wants to know these things, you know. And what about, have you ever bought a, a, a gift card, you know, a nice gift card and things like that? And you kind of would just, you know, want to put it in a, in a nice gift card holder and stuff. And you, you go and you buy the gift card holder, but you look at the price and it's like half the price of the gift card. Well, today we're continuing our series, Christmas List. And we're going to look at the gift that, that we all want, okay? And that we all need the gift of joy. At this time of year, we we run into that word all over the place. It's on our ornaments. It's on Christmas cards. uh, We sing about it. We sing with it. And for some of us, we just really yearn for it. Luke chapter two says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Last week, I was able to to be at a Christmas concert downstairs, and one of the performers, singers, was Matt Mayer, and he talked about a time when he was at a congregation in Arizona, and they talked about this time of the year being the most Wonderful time of the year, right? Except, he said, in their, in their music practices, uh, they insert a different word for wonderful. They said it's the most dysfunctional time of the year. Right? And, and what that means is, is we don't always have joy. 
So today, what we want to do is we want to go back into the scriptures, into the Christmas story, and see some joy robbers, and also see the antidote to a joyless life. Okay. So let's begin. There's a, a word scramble up on the screen. What's the word? Anxiety. Hmm? Hopefully that didn't cause any of you any anxiety trying to figure it out. Do you have any anxiety? You know, Mary, that the girl, the mother of Jesus, she had a ton of anxiety. Think about it. Scholars aren't sure just exactly how old Mary was. They all pretty much agree that she was young. So let's just say she's 14. So she's 14 years old, doing 14-year-old girl things, and suddenly an angel appears out of nowhere. Rest assured, that elevated her heartbeat. Rest assured, that brought her some anxiety. And to think, our staff here at Victory, every now and then I'll I'll walk up from behind and just go, hi, and, and they jump. Oh, now maybe I get it. Some of you will have to think about that for a minute. But imagine, imagine if suddenly an angel appeared to you. You'd be quaking. Okay? The angel tells Mary, hey, it's okay. Don't, don't be afraid. And then he goes off and shares some Stunning and shocking news to her and and says, you're going to give birth to the the son of the most high. Mary's like, what? (laughs) I'm only 14. okay, And and I know I don't know everything. But I know for something to happen, something's got to happen and nothing's happened. And the angel comes and says to her, the Spirit of God is going to overshadow you and you'll give birth to the Son of the Most High. 14 years old. That's pretty weighty. She's anxious. She receives the message in faith, but then the angel goes away. And Mary then has some news she's got to share to her parents and to her fiance. Imagine, 14-year-old girl, mom, dad. Uh, Imagine a 14-year-old girl to her fiance. They haven't done anything. Imagine what it was like as a 14-year-old girl at that time, because at that time in history, understand that if you were found pregnant outside of marriage, the death penalty was on the table. You could be stoned to death. So there she is with 14-year-old with that as a possibility. Who do you think she was more anxious to tell? Her parents? Or Joseph. A little while later, it's not like that things are getting better. 
Caesar Augustus comes along and issues a decree and says that everyone's got to go to their own hometown to register. And since Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph legally, in essence, they were married. And so they were going to have to go back to the hometown, not necessarily her hometown, but Joseph's hometown, to the town of Bethlehem. And so they're, they're making this journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, 14 years old, away from her parents, with a guy she hardly knows, and with a baby that's about to be due. And you thought that making like rosette cookies was stressful. And some of you know that that Bethlehem wasn't the the largest city around, right? It was pretty small. A lot of people have been born there, but move away. But now because of the census, they're all coming back. And so by the time Mary and Joseph get to to Bethlehem, place is packed. Their babies do. And there's no Bethlehem General Hospital. There's not even a residence inn or a Holiday Inn Express or an Airbnb. But there's this cave, a stable, with hay and other stuff on the floor. Perfect place for a 14-year-old girl to give birth to her firstborn. Away from her mom, no doctor, no midwife. You want to talk about anxiety? Anxiety, stress, weary, fear, those are are joy robbers. What about you? Do you have any anxiety or stress at this time of year? Maybe your to-do list is like so long, it doesn't fit in the hours of the day. Maybe as you're going from place to place, you're driving around, you got your to-do list on your mind and it's just like on your steering wheel, right? You got a million and one things to do. There's basketball practice. There's the dance program. You've got to order the groceries. You've got to pick up supper. You got to wrap the presents. Uh, You got to make cookies again. Uh, You got to be careful not to say the wrong thing. Just on and on. What are you anxious about this Christmas? What's making you uptight and nervous and stressed out? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's the health of a loved one. Maybe it's your own health. Maybe some of you, as as we're gathering here for worship, you're beginning to wonder, am I ever going to get married? And maybe for some of you, you're wondering, am I ever going to get married again? And maybe for some, is my marriage actually going to survive? Maybe it's a new job or a move. Are you just really concerned about what the New Year's going to bring? 
see the answer to anxiety and stress and fear and worry inside that same 14-year-old girl. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Let me translate that for you. You run to God. You, you don't walk. You, you run to God. And you tell him the truth. I can't handle all of this. It's too much. I, I can't handle, tell him the truth. I can't handle any of this. I can't handle my expectations. I can't handle the expectations of others. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. But God, you can handle it. You do it. You're bigger than everything. You take your focus off yourself. You see, when you take the I out of anxiety... What's left is a heart that is open for joy. I know as, as we gather here today that, that anxiety, stress, and fear, and worry, and stuff, that's not everybody's deal right now. But there's something else. Let's look at Joseph. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Okay. The custom of the day was that the, the couple would get engaged the, the bride-to-be would go away. The husband-to-be would go to his parents' house, his father's house, and build onto that house and prepare a place for his new family, for his wife-to-be and any kids that they might have. So Mary goes away. She visits her cousin Elizabeth, and Joseph begins the building process, the addition. He's making bricks, stacking them up, building walls, making a house, pitching the roof leveling it all out, making a table and all of that. And it's about six months later, and here comes Mary. And now it's time for that conversation to happen between Mary and Joseph. See, Mary doesn't look like she did six months ago. And Mary's shaking wondering what she's going to say. Maybe she didn't even really need to say anything, right? It's pretty uh, apparent what she was allegedly doing. And Joseph starts to shake too. In hurt, in bitterness, in anger, resentment, embarrassment. 
He just spent all this time building this house and everybody can see it and everybody knows what's going on. He's, he's building his house for his wife-to-be, but apparently his wife-to-be doesn't want him to be his wife-to-be. And he's disappointed. And he's filled with grief. And he hurts. And now it's Joseph's time to have some sleepless nights. There's a lot of hurt in the world. That's because of that sin thing. You know, a lot of times we try to pass that sin thing off as not that big a deal. And the people of our world, so they don't even want to bring up sin because, man, that, that'll make someone feel bad. No, what makes people feel bad sin. Are you hurting? Maybe you've been abused physically, emotionally, sexually. Maybe all those things. Have you ever been overlooked, mistreated, or rejected? Have you ever had to endure racism or classism? Or misogyny? Who's hurt you? Who's hurt you the worst? Are you still holding on to that hurt? Here's a a really, really hard truth. Okay. And I, I share it with you with empathy and compassion. Your, your hurt, your resentment. Resentment won't ever make you feel better. Bitterness will not take away the past. So how do we move that? How do we move from hurt to joy? Joseph shows us. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So while Joseph is spending all those nights tossing and turning in bed, not sleeping, he comes to the conclusion, I'm I'm not going to give Mary the vengeance that she apparently deserves. I'm not going to expose her to public disgrace. I'll divorce her quietly. And by so doing, Joseph extends her grace. And after he'd come to that conclusion, that he was going to be gracious to Mary, this is what happened. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So Joseph extends grace. And did you see what the grace enabled Joseph then to do and be? That grace enabled Joseph to be the stepfather of God's son. To be the stepson or stepfather of Jesus. What a blessing. Who would have ever come up with that? What a joy. So how about you? What do you think about giving up the hurt, and letting go of the resentment and the bitterness. It's not beyond my imagination to to think that each and every one of us here, if it hasn't already happened, that it will, that we will be hurt so bad in our life that we won't have the strength to actually let go. But that's okay, because God does. God has the strength and the joy to let go. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God's going to take care of it. Whatever it is, God's going to take care of it. And so you can let that go. You can let the bitterness, the hurt, the resentment go from your heart. And then you know what? Your heart will be open to receive joy. The very thing that Jesus came to bring. Again, the scripture says, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. When you and I try to base our happiness, or especially our joy, on earthly circumstances and situations, and things, like money, like health, like a car, like a home, like a lifestyle, like a job, a person. We're setting ourselves up for anxiety and for hurt. But When we look to God, who is eternal and doesn't change, who brings us joy, when we look to him, we're actually setting ourselves up to have a joy-filled life, no matter what. So here's the key. 
If you want to open up the, the gift of joy, take your focus off you. Take your focus off your anxiety, off your hurt. Take your focus off your stress, your grief. Take your focus off your worry. Take your focus off your bitterness and focus on Jesus, your Savior. You see, you might be able to find happiness under the tree. But you'll only be able to find joy on the tree. A lot of us, when we say, Jesus is the reason for the season. You know what Jesus says? He says, you're the reason for the season. You're the reason why I came. I came to restore you to God, to restore to you the joy of your salvation. Hebrews 12, 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Focus on Jesus, because we find joy in the presence of God. Because no matter what happens, Jesus is still king. He is still king over your anxiety. He is still king over your hurt. He has still forgiven all of your sins and your salvation is still complete. Paul says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord God, joy is, is not something that we can manufacture. It's a gift from you. Help us to receive you. And the gift of joy that you bring to us and the whole world in the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.